Live from Cuse. Very yes, Brooks, middle, big sills. Welcome aboard here. So, dude, man, I know that you're up there calling that spring game. Your boy Dino, man, got to win some games, man. A lot of pressure on him over the last two years, especially. He had a nice, had a nice year a couple years ago, but um, honeymoon's over, don't you think? Oh, absolutely, man. You, you know, it's, it's expectations up here. And, you know, he's a, he's a good coach. It's just results have to be driven by wins and losses. You know, it's not that you're getting better, but you have to be. I didn't want to be a coach. Huh. You know, too unsettling. You know, you, you, you think you got it going on, and all of a sudden, bam, they just fired the whole, um, the whole staff. You know what I mean? So he's just changed up his office coordinator. He got a new office coordinator, came from Virginia. Um, you know, and coach coach A in, and then you know their defense was pretty good. It was ranked 18th in the uh, in the nation, so their defense gonna be all right. Got some good players on the defensive side of the ball, but offensively they got to get it together, man. So they want to pass more. They want to open it up more. Isn't that what everybody says? They want to yeah, pass I, more. Yeah, that, that that that's what we hear in Philadelphia. By the way, Barrett's gonna be calling the spring game for the Syracuse Orange men. I believe this weekend you're gonna be doing that. Yeah, tonight, tonight at seven. Tonight oh, tonight, seven. that's right, man. I'll be watching that thing too. So, should be awesome to see what that football team does because gotta they have a lot of great history in that region of the country. You know, it was either BC for me, Notre Dame, you know, Syracuse. Mm -hmm. That's that that that's that used to be back in the day when I was growing up. That used to be like one of the programs, Penn State, Pitt. You know, yeah, yeah. and that kind of has fallen on its ear a little bit over the last couple of years, but we'll see what ends up happening. All right, Barrett, I'm going to I'm gonna shake the tree on you here a little bit. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go, okay? Would, would Howie be open to looking at Antonio Brown in any way? Would he, would, would he be looking potentially at getting a guy – like Antonio Brown and giving him an opportunity at least to look at him. Um, here's a guy that has we lost Brooksy. What's up? We lost Brooksy. I'm working on getting him back. All right, man. All right. How about Antonio? Listen, Antonio Brown on a on a minimum deal. I've been saying that. What are they doing? That guy's a proven receiver. He's out there getting yards every time he plays the game of football. We have no one that does that in Philly. I love it, Dan. A minimum deal. I'm sure there are a bunch of people. Who There's no gamble. There's no – okay, watch this. He blows up. Okay, it doesn't cost me anything. I gave I, – I, I need him to give Jalen Hurts an opportunity – to be able to find out whether or not he's the guy. I've got to find, you've got to tell me more on, on this is more about Jalen. This is more about for me to find out also if Jalen Hurts is the guy. I said this yesterday and I'll continue to say this. If you put nothing around Jalen and you put nothing around this player, then guys, you're never going to find out whether or not Jalen Hurts is the guy for the future of this football team. You okay. could say whatever you – Sills, this guy, absolutely not. Right. Look, 
What above all goes okay, like everyone this? Everyone is in. Senator, how are you? J Doc? Abs- absolutely Mr. not. Uh, can you hear me, Okay, so yeah. we're sitting here, and again, there's no question about it here that that football team has to get Jalen Hurts some talent. They have to find more talent to be able to figure out whether or not he's your guy. Do you want to continually go into this malaise here? over the next two years again, and not understanding, once again, if you have enough talent around him, if he's your guy. Barry. My fault, man. I mean, you know what happened, right? What time did I log in yesterday? I think you logged in like, um, what about 20 minutes after the show started? No, right around this time is when I logged in. Okay. And when I logged in, you know, you you pay for a, a day at a time. Uh, <laughs> I shut your internet off. I love it. I love it, dude. I love it, man. All right, so I just went on some sort of diatribe about Antonio Brown getting an opportunity. Why would Howie ever? You brought To in. You brought To in, and look at look look at what Kareem says. To two point oh. Yeah. Why not? Why not bring in? Antonio Brown on a rookie, con- not no, on a minimum, excuse me, league minimum contract. Give him an opportunity to come in here and again give Jalen an opportunity to to at least have a top flight. And you know what you get out of it too, Barrett? You get out of it. Well, here's here's Jalen, and he has a chance to throw to a Hall of Fame type wide receiver. If he blows up, so what? You 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 owe. It's going to be minimum. What do you think about looking at AB? You know what? And I wouldn't have to worry about him messing up the locker room. He he usually doesn't mess up locker rooms. He messes himself up. He blows himself up. So did you play with him? I never played with him. No. Okay. But I mean, if you bring him in, he comes in. He's he's definitely you know one of the hardest working guys. Be one of the hardest working guys on the team. He'll be the most – he'll be one to be great. And he's going to command it the ball goes to him. And he's going to give Jalen every opportunity to get the ball to him. It will make that offense run 100% more effectively with him being here. But could they handle that in the locker room? I think they could. I don't think it would be a big risk bringing him in because, it, I mean, he, I mean he, everybody expects him to be what he's going to be. So since they expect that – you know, it wouldn't be like a surprise if he acted in that way. Just get him out of there then. But at least it'll open up the offense and they'll learn what it is to play, you know, offensive football. And, and I'm wondering if you have a guy like that on the other side, doesn't that help Devontae Smith as well too? When you have a guy like Antonio Brown that creates space on the other side, you're tied in also. You've got and, – and, and you know what too? When you have a guy like Antonio Brown on your team, You've got to account for him. You, you <laughs> mean you've got a game plan for the guy. You just you have to. you've got a game plan. And you know what? And you know what, too, Barrett? I think what you're gonna get if you bring him in the first year, just like him in Tampa, I think you would get the best Antonio Brown and you would get the best behaved Antonio Brown because he knows he's running out of lifelines here. He knows Whoa. that he's gonna be 34 years old. You got him on a league minimum deal. You know what, Sills, what about all the – I don't care about that shit, man. 
I care about finding out if Jalen Hurts is my quarterback. And he maybe be a piece that could help solve the the puzzle here, whether or not he's the guy. Well, there it is, man. I mean, if he's the guy. And, and I see, uh, you know, Horn Frog saying, you know, quit saying uh, Jalen has nothing around him. He doesn't. When you look at what Jalen has around him, you have a lot of unprovenness. You have guys that, you know, I mean, give me a thousand yard out of those guys. Give me a thousand yard receiver. There's not one sitting there. Um, you look at the weapons that, you know, yes, he does have to make players better, but players also have to put themselves in better positions. You know, Goddard dropped a lot of balls last year. Um, you know, Watkins, you know, he he's only open if he's running nine routes. You know, these guys have to become better as players. Sanders has to stay healthy, you know, and 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 I mean I wouldn't see, I wouldn't say that uh, you know, if if you look at the running back position, you know, you would say that. Gainwell still has a lot to prove. And, and we already know what Boston Scott is. You know, Boston Scott is a good guy to come in and spell you for a little bit. But is he a dynamic player? No. Is, is he a player that can give you some offensive output against the Giants? Yes. <laughs> He's a giant killer. He definitely does that. But you compare their rosters to the to the rosters of those guys, the other, the other teams that are um, in the playoffs. Compare that roster to them. You know, look at what, what, what Brady had. Look at what, the you know, what, what, what A-Rod was working with, you know, um, look at what, you know, all these guys are in the playoffs, you know, they just have superior talent at, at the positions that, you know, that are game breaking as far as receivers, um, you know, and, and what they bring to the table. That's all we're saying. You can well, I'm going to throw this at you, Barrett. Watch this. When it, I, I think the people in Philly are looking at that offensive huddle. And I love the fact that you're propping your team up. But I'm going to give you a reality here. Devontae Smith in the NFL with all the wide receivers. Let's just go 32 teams, okay? You got two receivers. Let's just go to 64 receivers. I would say this. Devontae Smith, top 30, 35, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. 35. Quez Watkins. Top 50, 55? No, I don't even think that high. Right, 60. Okay. Yeah. How about this? Zach Pascal. Well, I saw what they ranked him with PFF. So I'm going to say down towards the bottom, 60s. You got a guy in the top 30 and two in the top 60. You're tied in. Little better. Um, there's one, so I'm gonna go 32. He's probably 15. Yep. Okay. You're running back. Top 20, 15, somewhere Can't there. Stay healthy. Okay, right. So Can't where do healthy. you see this tremendous skill set offensive attack that you have in and how about this? The quarterback. Then you add the quarterbacks. If I had Tom Brady with this group, okay, then all those guys are going to be elevated because Brady is going to make every one of those guys. How many How many times have you watched Tom Brady's box score where you see this? Nine guys have caught a pass in a game. Where, you know, you see, like, Brady spreading the ball out. And there's, like, 100 guys with stats. Two catches, 15 yards. 
five catches, 48 yards. You never heard the guys, too. They're probably inactive the next week. But Brady is able to scan the field because he sees the field. You see, this is what's happened to Jalen here, folks. And it's a progression thing in his career. When you start as a football player, you're like this. As you start to get uh, more experienced, you start to do this. You start to see this. And I'll tell you something, how you, how you school a quarterback. Bill Walsh told me this a lot of times when they were developing Joe Montana. You know why Montana rolled right all the time? Because he was able to manage half the field. Joe couldn't see the entire field right away when he first came out of Notre Dame. That's why that great pass in the back of the end zone where he get, hits Dwight Clark, he's rolling right. He wanted Joe to manage half the field so Montana would roll right. And then as, the, as his career progressed, Montana saw the field. And he was undefensible after he started seeing the field. Jalen is still with blinders on here. This is how he sees the game. This is why the reps are important for him. As he gets more open, it'll help him. But if he doesn't have guys who know how to get open, he'll never get those blinders off. He'll never get them off. You need to have skill set guys in there to help. Barrett, you know this. You and me, when we first start, shit, man, we got everything right in front of us. But as the years go on, you know this, right? Dude, if I see if I see you sitting back, I know you're probably trying to get around on somebody, or you're trying to run a trap. If you go this way, I told you before. If you go this way, I got to look back inside again. That's just seeing the game. He doesn't see the game yet. It, it comes with just like you said. You know, as I start first started out, you know, it, it was it was it was basic. All right, you know, I'm starting left tackle. At the most, it's, it's, it's Barrett blocked the end. Barrett blocked the end. But as the game progressed and I started understanding what I'm looking at, then it started to open up a little bit. So when I started seeing, all right, I got a defensive end and he moves in a foot closer to me and I see the backer walk out a foot, that means they're going to run an in slant and a backer around. So then I take a progression from that. I said, all right, there, I'm looking at the safety. The safety comes down in the box. Safety came down in the box and the Mike linebacker slid on my side. Now I know they're running the MEB blitz. So it just the pattern of what you see, these patterns, it starts to open up how you look at the game. Then it broadens the horizons on, and it makes you play faster. It gives you the opportunity now to see the game unfolding before. The pre-snap reads that I was starting to see now allowed me to cheat things a little bit, make things a little bit easier for myself uh, rather than just being a reactionary player. I became a more aggressive player because I knew what they were trying to do to me before it happened. And the th same thing that Jalen's going to have to do. Jalen's going to have to take that same – um, that same game plan that he had last year and build upon that game plan. He's got to look at things. All right, then, when I was doing this, I saw that they were doing this to me. How can I avoid this from happening to me and force me to do this? All right, well, let me look at this read here. I see what they're trying to do to me. Now I know where the ball's going to go immediately and get the ball to that. So get them out of that. So let me see what else can they do to me. It's just, you know, just a progression in his career. And I know Jalen's going to work on those things. I know he's going to get better at those things. Jalen Hurts is 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 a is a good quarterback. He is. You know, Jalen Hurts will be in a league a long time playing quarterback. Absolutely. And if Tyrod Taylor could stay off. in the league, if yeah. Tyrod Taylor could stay in the league, and Teddy Bridgewater, right. he's yeah. gonna too. And I'll tell you something nasty. 
Nobody's talking shit on the Eagles here except for this. They got to get better. What's yeah. wrong? What, what, what's aggravating and what's actually too? This dude here, what above all? I'll tell you what. He may get garbage time catches, but in my opinion, situationally, I saw him drop passes too, and I agree with Barrett on it. Okay? He's not a top-flight tight end yet. He is not. He has okay? all the tools to be that. He has he all does. the tools to be that. He does have the tools, but he is nowhere in that category of a Kelsey or any of those. I don't give a shit how many statistics you show people. I'm going to say this to you. Nobody is – we're pointing out the obvious here that if you're looking at that Eagle offensive huddle, it's got to get better talent-wise. Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal get you shit, okay? They're fine players. Do I want them on my team? Yes. Do I want them starting? No. Okay? I want quality. What? How can the Titans have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, Barrett, and they don't throw the ball? Right. <laughs> they don't throw the ball because they have Derrick Henry. Okay? But fundamentally, they lost Derrick Henry. Think about what that system did. How about this? Yes, Eddie, he is a top 15 tight end. I said that. Okay? I said that. He's top 15. I'll put this in here. When you look at how they won ball games, let's not forget the Titans in a mentality like they have in Philadelphia, Barrett. They want to run the ball in Tennessee. They were the number one seed, and they lost Derrick Henry for nine weeks. How's that possible? Remember something. AFC, the Titans, Barrett, were the number one seed. Yep. Not the Bengals, not the Chiefs. The without their star player, but it was a mentality. Run the ball, play tough defense. Mike Vrabel, be tough at the point of attack. They never deviated, even when Henry went out. They didn't. They didn't start throwing the ball, and when they knew they had, even with AJ Brown and even with Julio Jones, they didn't come out of their skin because they lost Henry. They stayed in their skin on who they are. They don't have that affordability in, in, in Philadelphia because they don't have those kind of skill set guys at the perimeter. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I mean, we keep saying that they don't throw the ball. That's what they did the first, was it, the first seven games? Seven games. The first seven games, that's all they did was throw the ball. And it was no production in that throwing. And, yes, a lot to, have, a lot to do with, with, with the quarterback, you know, and his ability to get the ball out on time. Yeah, I do admit that. But how many mistakes did they have as far as, you know, the reason why they didn't have any offensive output and touchdowns? You know, we do we forget how they had like five or six touchdowns called back from stupid mistakes like receivers running out of bounds, then coming back in? They did that three times. Are you, you got to, somebody does it once, you shouldn't happen again. But they did it two more times after that where a receiver got pushed out of bounds, comes back in, he's the first person to touch it. It's illegal touching, called the touchdown back. Or, for instance, they're running this read option, they're throwing the ball, and the offensive line is down the field. I know three different times, no, four different times they had touchdowns called back for that. 
So it's not like, you know, they didn't have the ability to, to make big plays. They had the ability to make big plays, but they were so young and stupid and doing stupid things because they had young players out on the outside. I mean, and, and, and how many times do we just do, just blatantly just drop touchdowns? Blatantly just drop them. How, I, I, I've never seen here. If the Eagles throw the ball 38 times, they'll go four and they'll win four games. If I'll, they I'll throw say, the I'll ball say 40, 30, 40 times, they can throw it 35 times because if they can have an even ratio 35 to 35, I'll be good with that. But okay. if they throw it four over 40 times, that's when you get into that 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 water you got to tread water, then man. You know, it, it's that tough. football team can't throw the ball, they're one dimensional. Yep. Yep. Okay. No, no, no. I, 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 I. <laughs> okay, let me ask you, Bear. If you had to put a grade on the offense, when you're looking at when you're talking about the most prolific um, offenses in the NFL today, um, what would you what 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 grade would you give the Eagle offense right now? Like just looking across the league. If I was to give the offense a grade, I would put them right at about a C plus. C plus. C plus B minus, yeah. Which Not means barely able to make it to the playoffs. And the reason why I say that, because if you're comparing them to offensive output, it's all about scoring points. And that's what wins. And you do you take the teams like Kansas City, you take teams like Bills, Bengals, uh, you 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 even look at um A-Rod and those guys. You know, if you can't score points the way you score points, you know, you, you just can't compete. And that's what happened with the Packers. The Packers scored a lot of points early. And then in the playoffs, I mean, that last game against against the 49ers, they just couldn't score. You know, it was a scoring offense. They just couldn't score. So when I look at the Eagles, the Eagles are a team that's ground and pound, just wear you out. And at the end of the game, if they're close, they're going to win it because they can go down and they can take control and they can keep the clock on their side and time possession and grind it on out. But how many times does that happen in the NFL? Yeah, but you know what happens with that Eagle team if they have to come from behind and win a ball game? Right. The red zone offense starts happening. And if they get behind – here, you know how you beat the Eagles? Get a 10-point lead on them. It's over. In the beginning. You you grab a 14-point lead on Philly, you beat that team. They're, they do not have capability of coming back because they can't throw themselves out of trouble. They don't have that kind of offense yet. Watch this. Can Kirk Cousins throw that Vikings team out of trouble? Yeah. Jefferson and Cousins, who's thrown for 4,500 yards. I'm giving you stats and facts when I talk. I'm not just talking shit here. By the way, would people think, look at it, let, let's compare it to the Dolphins because Tua and Jalen will always be compared. I don't know. I look at the Dolphin offense right now. I look at that and I think that's a B. Plus. Yeah. Yeah, that's a B plus offense. Okay. Even with that quarterback, that's a, they're a B plus. Yeah, that's right. That's the only thing and reason why to give it an A is because of the quarterback, and the quarterback has actually won ball games. I mean, you know, the quarterback has more wins than Justin Herbert has. What's He's that? got more wins. He does not have a losing record as a starter in the NFL. Does uh, Tua Tagovailoa? Right, he just right. can't stay healthy. And right. it doesn't look sexy because he doesn't throw for a shitload of yards. But that was Brian Flores' design. This new coach here, okay, I mean, 
this Mike McDaniel guy. And by the way, I got a list of 10 guys. I want to just to show you how, how now we're now in the land of Howie Roseman. I'm going to show you why Howie Roseman is maybe setting up the franchise. Like every other NFL team is setting it up here. I'm going to show you this here in a second, Barrett, but. When I look at the Eagle offense, man, you put a guy like Antonio Brown, it changes the entire dynamic of your approach on how you do it. And by the way, I saw somebody say something. Well, we really don't know what the team will look like, you know, and the final roster will look like. So what are you going to do? Add a, add a guy off the draft and just assume again? Barrett was just talking about that. Quez can be good, maybe. Sanders has to stay healthy. We believe Dante, uh, Devontae could be this. This is all pie-in-the-sky conversation. You get a guy in the draft, that doesn't make your offense better. You don't know that until you step on a field. You know, very few – Very few sounding like a hater. You, well, I mean, you're telling the truth. Sometimes the truth sounds like that, bro. Um, how many guys – I mean, I'm going to tell you the truth. The last two years is not how it's supposed to be. Those two LSU wide receivers cannot and will not be what happens every single year. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to get a Jamar Chase every year. You know what I'm saying? You know, you're not going to have that prolific of a guy come in and play like that. I mean, before before this guy came in playing like that, what was it before? Uh, who was who was it? Odell Beckham? Um, even DK Metcalf didn't put up the numbers that those two guys came out and had. You know what I'm saying? So that's an anomaly, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's not that's not what you regularly see in the draft. Guys can come in and make that instant of an impact going in. So, the you know what I mean? Who, who, do I think there's somebody in this draft that can do it? When I look at these receivers, I see guys that can do it. They have to learn it. Like, what's his name, Drake? Yeah, think, Drake I London. Think, Drake London. I think he can come in and, and be okay. He'll be like a DK Metcalf. But I, the only guy that I see come in and make an instant impact like Jamar Chase is probably Williams from Alabama. That's why I think, you know what I'm saying, even with him being hurt, I think he's that dynamic of a player. He can come in and give you an instant impact because he's going he's gonna to play the first game. You can believe that. He's almost healthy enough. He's going to play the first game. Tua Tugaviola is 13-8 and eight as a starter in the NFL. Early part of his career. So – this guy's Herbert. won more ball games than Justin Herbert has. Right. <laughs> it's not that he can't win. It's can he stay healthy? You know, I want to show you something here, Barrett, about, you know, I was, I, I, I was talking with my friend Jason Cole yesterday. And, you know, it was funny. I, I, kept, I kept asking him questions about these guys. And I've never heard really probably 90%. Of, do you know, Barrett, that there were 10 – new head football coaches that have been hired now in the NFL this year, 10 out of 32 teams, 10. And they all have, that's so money. Don't you think that's a lot in turnover? Yep. That's, that's, that's way. Usually it's around about five, but you say 10, 10, there's 10 new head coaches. I'm going to name, watch this. And I think that there's a blueprint that's got Howie Roseman's name all over this. And I'm going to show you why. Did you even know who Nick Sirianni was when? Nope. Vaguely, right? Position coach with Frank, maybe, right? That kind of stuff. You kind of maybe. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know. I didn't know who he was. Like, you can't. I, I don't know who the. I don't know who um, uh, Minnesota's 
um, offensive coordinator is or defensive coordinator. I don't, I don't know any of those guys unless they get brought up in casual conversation. So that's why I didn't know who Nick Seriani was. I didn't know he was with uh, uh, the Chiefs. So I had to Google it, had to go in and see where, where he's been, what he's done. You know what I'm saying? For me to say that I knew who he was in the in the in the slightest was would, would be me lying. I don't know who he, this kid was. I, I didn't know who Gannon was. Now watch this, Barrett. Dolphins, Mike McDaniel. Someone asked me, what do I make of him? I don't know. Right. <laughs> right. You know, watch this. I don't know. I um, I guess he came from a great coaching tree. I don't know. I don't know who he is, but this is a guy again that probably deals with the front office. It's not a big person that. Watch, watch this. There's not big personalities on all of these coaching hires. The Bears, Mike Eberflus. You ever heard of him? Eberflus. I, I did hear from Eberflus before. Yes. Okay. I don't know anything about him. Yeah, I just knew, you know, because he was. Uh, he's been. His name has been called on a lot as far as with coaching and um, head coaching opportunities. You know, so I did know who he was just just because you know his name's been brought up a lot. Uh, and then he was with uh, you know A Rod. Um, you know, McDaniel's his name from uh from Miami. Yes, we still don't know what he is now. I'm saying that he can come in and be innovative as far as getting guys to rock because that's what he did with Debo Samuels. But did he call plays? And that and there lies the problem with a lot of these coaches that I see. A lot of these guys don't call the plays while they're offensive coordinators. Like Shanahan, he called the plays there. You know, Andy Reid calls the plays. Right. I don't care what they say about the coaches on the sidelines there. Andy right. Reid calls the plays in Kansas City. Well, there was the same thing with um, you know, with with the with the Colts. You know, I, I mean, I don't know if Nick Sirianni called Nick Sirianni didn't call any play, even though no way. Frank player. Wright called those plays. And exactly. by the way, it's exactly. okay to Barrett, it's okay to hire like that because Andy Reid didn't call plays in Green Bay when Mike Holmgren was there and he got the Eagle job. Because he dealt and he helped develop Brett Favre when he was up there on that Mike Holmgren coaching tree. So, again, it's not so important that you have to be a guy that's entrenched in the play calling. If you're around guys like Andy Reid, Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, same yep. thing, was around him. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. you don't really have to be the coordinator, but when you're around a guy like that, it helps. Nathaniel Hackett, I know his dad. But I, I, Nathaniel Hackett, he's the head coach of the of the Broncos. Okay, right. <laughs> and is he? Oh, so, so he got the job because his last name is Hackett. Paul Hackett's his dad. We know that name. Yep. I'm like this. I, okay, Nathaniel, great. How, Brian Dayball did a great job at Alabama. Did a great job in Buffalo. I don't know if he could be a head coach in New York. I don't know. Right. Yep. Vikings. Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> okay sure okay i i don't know any but this all has like these are all the new trends now yep for coaches without big personalities listen lovey smith getting the job with the texans i think lovey's a great hire because that place needs some stability and leadership and that's what he brings that's exactly what he brings and he brings that right stability doug peterson Bring stability. I think Doug's the best hire in the offseason. Do you? I think it is, man. And it's a huge hiring, too. You know, I mean, respect factor that's there. Respect. 
So, you know, at the end of the day, if you have that and, and, and it has a lot to do with, you know, how these players are going to react to them when they come in, you know, the first time you meet them, that first impression means a lot. I mean, and, and, and it was kind of messed up, especially the last two and a half years with this, you know, COVID thing, because he couldn't meet a lot of these players, couldn't meet their coaches. So, you know, that was tough too, man. But at the end of the day, you know, you look, you look at what's going on now. It, it used to be a good old boy system where all these coaches were just, you know, circled through, you know, he, he go through his tenure there and he'd go to another place, you know, and they just hired him just because of his name. Well, it's the new wave thing is to hire guys that are young. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I guess it's the trend right now. You know, guys that haven't been head coaches is, is starting to be the trend that the NFL is going into now. I've got a great topic for you. I kind of brought it up a little bit on the afternoon show yesterday. Who wins more games in the next five years, Nick Sirianni or Doug Peterson? Hang on. Hang in there. I want to hear everybody's thoughts on this too. Okay, who you think wins the most games over the next five years? One guy's got Trevor Lawrence. One guy's got Jalen Hurts. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Dan Cilio. You're on the middle. Back in three. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Welcome back to the middle, Barrett Brooks, Dan Cilio. So I guess the World Cup is doing their groupings today. <laughs> there you go. No, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Golf. Well, no, no. Here, here's why America will never, ever in my lifetime get to a Final Four in World Cup play. You want to know why? Why is that? Because it's nothing but country club kids in America and around the world. Kids and people have nothing play soccer, and you don't have to pay $25,000 or $30,000 to join a club and go to all those camps. And after a while, what they do is they just got a bunch of rich white kids that belong to country clubs. And quite frankly, when you look at Chile, you look at Brazil, you look at Italy, you look at Germany, soccer is open to everyone. Okay, you can be poor in those countries, and many of them are. How can Costa Rica? I'm not even sure they have indoor plumbing. How can that team beat Team USA all the time? How can they be one of the better teams in the world? And we have all these resources. America, it's an elitist bunch of kids that play on the U.S. national team. Now, it's getting a little bit better. You know, they've gotten better, but Argentina – those kids come from nowhere, Barrett, with no money, and they're given opportunities. You want to know why basketball and football? Many of the kids, when you see a bunch of inner-city kids on team on the national team, that's when the United States will be somewhere. That's yeah, when well, the United States will be somewhere in the world. But right now, guess what? It's a joke to even think that we'll ever compete with somebody like Brazil or Argentina or any of those places. It never happened. You are so right because it, it, it doesn't give parity. You know, it doesn't give you an opportunity. You look at basketball. Basketball is something that kids can play in a park. They can get better. They can hone their skills. Football, you know, is kind of the same way. Yes, an expensive sport, but it's, it's not something that we make our inner city kids play for. They have a lot of programs which keep them, you know, keep them in the fold with football, you know. So a lot of their dreams can be can be put, you know, because they play it. If you have a dream and you don't realistically have a shot or an opportunity to obtain it, it's tough. That's why, you know, hockey, you know, it's not a lot of black kids in hockey because it's the sport is just the equipment expensive, man. That's right. The equipment, the yeah. shoot, the skates along, the CCMs, those are 650 bucks. Right. What right. kid in the inner city has an opportunity to get the padding and all that stuff? And by the way, it's funny you said something to me a couple of days ago. You played soccer early. Yeah, yep. you know what you, What happened? It gets to a point, every kid in the world or every kid in America plays soccer early. Then all of a sudden, when your parents have to see that, they have to send you to an Ajax camp or they have to – you know who told me all this too? Landon Donovan. He's the guy that told me – I'm friends with Landon Donovan. And Landon Donovan told me when America opens up um, the opportunity for everyone in this country to play it without – being hijacked and the parents have to spend a hundred thousand dollars to get their kids where they want. That's when soccer is going to be a player in the world in America. Until that's then, baseball. That's why baseball is baseball start is on the decline because you just can't afford to play. All the camps you got to go to at baseball and all the travel teams. It's like basketball. Basketball. They find a way to get these kids an opportunity to go and play AAU basketball, but they they stop doing that with baseball. Baseball is so expensive to play. That's why, you know, a lot of kids stop playing it. It's too damn expensive to play. I mean, I, I just like my daughter playing softball, playing field hockey, and playing, you know, I'm like basketball. Even then, I'm like, we got to go where? Yeah. 
we got to go to Chicago. How much is going to be? You know, it's like crazy. You know, so it, you know, it's it's become one of those money's becoming so. Um, you got to invest so much money for your kids to even compete that that's why you know a lot of the United States is falling behind with everybody else. You you look at kids in in Italy, Germany, like places like that. They they have like twelve year olds. They're getting paid by soccer clubs, a million bucks, playing their family a million bucks to send them to these camps. Can you believe that? That's a that, yeah, that's an absolute fact that they recruit these kids, send them, and send kids like Messi to these camps, yeah. and th these people come from nothing. But in America, you have to pay for those camps. Right. Yep. Exactly. Okay, you have to pay for that. By the way, I want to throw this at you, and you tell me what you make of this here. You know, I'm, then we'll get on to the question that we asked you: Who do you think has more wins over the next five years, Sirianni or Peterson? Um. I think, I think that Bruce Arians has done more for the Rooney Rule than any coach in the last 25 years for what know. he's done by passing this off and this team off to, to Todd Bowles. Now, I don't know how we got to that point because how did we go? I mean, Bruce Arians, do you believe him? that he wasn't pushed out. Do you believe that Brady had any? I, I, I find this hard to believe because Barrett, he's the only coach to have two women on his coaching staff. He did it in Arizona too. Yep. His coordinators are both black. Yep. This has always been. I, I remember. Foot. What's that? I played with foot, me and Larry Foot. How about this? He was also the first integrated roommates Rondé Barber, Tiki Barber's uh, father at Virginia Tech. This has been something that Bruce has been a Pied Piper for his entire coaching career. Why is it so hard for the media to believe that Bruce wanted a transition plan instead of Todd having a shitty Jets job that he wanted to give? Now, I'll tell you what. Do you know that Todd Bowles is one of the very few African-American head coaches that will be given a second opportunity? Okay, most African-American coaches that are fired don't get second opportunities. Right, right, yep. But do you believe that Bruce in his heart really wanted to set this up for him? The Glazers have got everything set up, and you've got the GOAT. There's a lot of pressure on Todd because what if Todd fails? Right. Okay, there's more pressure on Todd, I think, than any other coach in the NFL this year. You've got the GOAT. You're one of the very few black coaches to get a chance, a second chance to be a head coach. Just your take on it. I, I, I just, I commend Bruce for what he's doing and what he did. I do commend him for that, but you know what? I, I it's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Period. Since it's his second go around, but I think it's more so. You know, it's, it's Lovey's second time also, but um, I think it, you know the way you know Bruce has set it up. I think Bruce set it up like that. You know, I think the only reason why he came back and he was going to stay was because of Brady being gone. But once Brady said, I'm coming back, I think it set up perfectly. All right, then, if I leave now, he's going to have the best chance to succeed with the best quarterback to ever play the game coming back. And he alone will allow other players to come. He already has a lot of confidence in Brian, Brian, uh, Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich and, and, and Tom get along, you know, very well. So I know that aspect of, of the game. 
will be taken care of on the offensive side of the ball. All really he has to do is take care of the defensive side of the ball. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, you got an office, two offensive coordinators running the team with, with Brady and, and, and Byron. So it's set up perfectly for him. I think it, it'll be easy. This will be his easiest stint as a head coach because everything's laid out for him. And he has he has some you know he has a team he has a squad a ready made squad, it's almost like when, to me it's almost like the transition is almost as seamless as, as when Gruden left the Raiders and came to the, Tony Dungy's team that he had already put together, and they won a Super Bowl after that. Dungy set it up perfectly for Gruden to come in and just win automatically. He had the defense there, he had a a, a tough offense you know ground and pound offense. And, you know, all he needed, you know, I mean, if, if, if he didn't have, if he had any other situation, I'd say, you know, he's set up to fail, but this time he is really set up in a nice place, man. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's almost better than Gruden when he got set up by Tony Dungy. If Dungy, Dungy would have stayed there, he would have won a Super Bowl that next year also. Dungy ends up getting, and he's one of the other guys, he ends up getting a second chance in Indianapolis, and he goes on to win a Super Bowl there in Indianapolis Yeah, because he had Peyton Manning there. By the way, the story goes that Byron Leftwich didn't even want to coach, and it was um, it was Bruce Arians who talked him into it. Byron just wanted to get this. Byron just wanted to play golf and stay retired. And it was Bruce Arians that talked him into becoming a head – or a head coaching candidate and an offensive coordinator. He was there. He was He was with he, – um, he, when I left, I, I, I retired in 07. Also, oh, it started in Pittsburgh. Yep, in Pittsburgh. That's what I'm saying. He was there with Bruce. I had left. I left. I had um I had retired in 07. And it was uh Leftwich, Charlie Batch, and Ben were the quarterbacks. Huh. So that's how it all started. Those 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 three right there. And he's you know, he's like, look, man, if you got a gift, man, you got a gift of gab, man. You know, you can you can like I was gonna coach. And I know how to relate to these players, understand these players. That's what helps me out a lot when I go do these college football games because I see things, I see things from a from a player's perspective, almost like I'm, you know, when I'm when I'm talking on TV, when I'm talking, breaking down plays, it's like I'm coaching, you know, the fans of what's going on. See, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, you see it's cover two, those two high safety that's covers two. Watch these corners. These corners on the outside, the two guys on the outside, they're squatting, meaning they're not moving. They're sitting right there waiting for something to come into their zone. And watch this linebacker buzz out. That's why I explain it when I'm doing these games. And that's how coaches explain to these, you know, to their players how to play the game. So, bro, I should have been a coach, man. But it's just too much, you know, moving. It's too iffy, man. You know. Hey, hey, if I knew the money that they're throwing around for being mediocre, right, I, right I should have got yeah. into coaching right. years ago because you don't have to be very good to as be a good – to get paid in this thing, man. I mean, dude, they're throwing cash around – for shitty coaches now. Uh, I mean, seriously, man. All right. Next five years. Next five years. Who wins more games, Doug Peterson or Nick Sirianni? Wow. Uh, I mean, the next five years, man. I mean, I, I got a lot of faith in Doug. I mean, a lot of faith in Doug. He can turn around. I got a lot of faith in Dub because he knows how to build a winning culture. He's been around a winning culture. He's always had and he don't have anybody in his way. Yes, I mean it'll be his deal, and he is not going to 
fail. He's not set up to fail, and he's not going to fail there. But then I look at Eagles and the tradition that they have and understanding um, that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's tough, man, because you ask, to me, you're asking the wrong question. I mean, you're All asking right. the wrong people because you're to me, you have to ask who's going to win more. Is it going to be Doug Peterson or is it going to be Howie Roseman? <laughs> you okay. You want to take it upstairs? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Who so, wins more? Wait a minute. Here's the better one. Who wins the who wins the divorce? Doug Peterson or <laughs> Howie Roseman over the next five years? Who oh. wins the divorce? Xander, put the picture up. Put the picture up, Xander. Who wins the divorce? Who, win the, who wins the divorce over the next five years? Oh man, that's tough, man. You want me to change the question? There it is. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I think I think that um, Howie has to go out and and, and win, man. And and I, I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be truthful, man. I hate it because I'm an Eagles fan. There I'm it is. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, man. Why are you tap dancing around this question? I am seriously. You're I am tap dancing, I am. man. Big old bears tap dancing. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. The Eagles are gonna win more. Howie Roseman's gonna win more games. You know, this is. I mean, these next. I think Doug has two years to change this around. I think he's gonna change it around, but it's not until his third year where they're gonna have some really good success. I think the Eagles are gonna stay successful because Howie's gonna make sure of that Howie's gonna. Go out if he got to um, if he's got to go out and and get get somebody else, he'll go out and do that. And I think he's tied right now. Not to he's not tied to he's not tied to Jalen Hurts. I think he's tied more to the guys he just he just brought in. You know, to Smith, to uh, you know, to 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 Mylotta. He's tied more to them than he is to the quarterback. So okay. All right, so let me see. It took about twenty minutes to get there. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna right. round the world. And I, hey, I no, 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 no. You thought it out. Watch this. Uh, Doug Peterson's gonna win more games. He's got a better quarterback. He's got nobody in his way. I do agree with somebody that threw out there that Trent Balky will stick his fat face in. They'll jettison his ass in a minute. That's the reason <laughs> Leftwich didn't get that job was because Balky destroyed the 49ers. And believe me, he's on the hot seat. Doug Peterson's not on the hot seat there. Doug's going to settle the waters there in Jacksonville. Will the owner have the patience? Jim Mercy doesn't have patience. You know, you can you can shit all over Carson Wentz all you want. You know, he's had six different quarterbacks in the last six years. Yeah, yeah. Has exactly. Jim Mercy. So when you have yeah. six quarterback changes in the last six years, I don't know. You know, he's gauging everybody at the heels of Andrew Luck goes, that's – what a franchise quarterback looks like. Well, guess what? He hasn't been in your building in six years, and he ain't coming back. Like Patino says, Larry Bird and Kevin McHale ain't coming through them doors anymore. Right? <laughs> and Andrew Luck ain't coming through the Colts' doors anymore. It's over. I look at Doug Peterson, and Doug Peterson is going to – do you think he has Andy Reid's success? Yes. 
That means you think he wins the Super Bowl then? Yes. He's already won one. Dude, if that guy wins, if that guy wins the Super Bowl of Jacksonville, he, he's a Hall of Famer. Bro, I'm going to tell you the truth, man. Doug is a really, really talented coach. His ability to not just know X's and O's, but he knows how to get the maximum out of his players. People don't understand the year he won the Super Bowl, he maximized every single ounce of those players that he had there. Bro, he had some BS there, bro. He was playing with guys like Big V. Big V is trash. He was sorry. He was soft as drugstore cotton. He was worse than the wet paper bag, but he maximized the offense around even his um, inefficiencies. You know what I'm saying? Jason Peters was not there on the field. He had Big V out there. I mean, come on, man. He had he, he, he Sproles wasn't there. He brought in a guy that uh, unrestricted. I mean, um, I mean, he brought in a, 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 a an undrafted running back, Corey Clement. Corey Clement had four catches for 100 yards. Talk about maximizing potential of the players you have. And that's what Doug, Doug called a great game, and he maximized his players' potential. He had he had a guy in, 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 in Nelson Aguilar couldn't catch a cold during his tenure with the um with the Eagles, but he maximized his potential. That's what Doug does. Doug takes his players and maximizes and brings out every single ounce of they that they have in him. That's what made he was in the playoffs, bro. He missed the playoffs two years, his tenure here with the Eagles. Two years. His first year and his last year. The only times he didn't go to the playoffs. He went to the playoffs four different times. So when you say, all right, Doug didn't. No, Doug won here. You know, it, it was Doug's team. Doug maximized any of the BS that he was sent by that, by that, um, by that front office. So am I right when I say this? How he took the credit at the beginning of the run and blamed Doug at the end of the run. Yes. Well, how do you win a Super Bowl and then four years later you win four games? Right. How do you go from – did they win 13 ball games that year? What? Yeah, yeah, 13 and three, yep. Okay. How do you go from winning 13 ball games to winning four in four years? That ain't a head coaching deal, dog. That's that's a roster. That's chaos. Yes. There's all kinds of shit inside there. Fill in the gap for me, man. How do you look? Look, like you said, look at the bookends. Okay, so Howie's over here. He's he's giving himself the uh, the crown. He the 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 self-acclaimed uh, prophet of the Eagles. And over here, at the end of the day, it's his fault. How did yeah. it go from that to that? Bro, he has, during that time period, an entire draft class is not on roster. During his whole tenure, during that whole time since, since he won the Super Bowl to now, the draft class is in between there. There are some draft classes, there's, there's not one guy from that draft class there. That's how you don't do it. When you draft and the free agents like that he signed were bums. Well, yeah, but you look at it. Donnell Pumphreys is not here. Um, <laughs> Sidney Jones, Rasul Douglas, these are guys that are supposed to be franchise players here. Not necessarily franchise, but players here that are supposed to be here, you know, carry on the you know the lineage of, of you know re-signing them back and being focal points in this defense. But they're gone, man. They're gone. They don't even have these players. You have two guys on your roster right now. 
that are not good receivers, but are receivers on this roster. J.J. Ortega Whiteside and Jalen Rager are his draft picks. And you're expecting a coach to win with that type of productivity? I don't I don't care that J.J. Ortega Whiteside can block. I don't need him to block. I need him to catch. He's you don't a draft receiver. a guy in the first round to block. You draft him to be explosive. I don't know. So when you say that, man, it's, it's and you're, you're right, right. You know, um, look at he. I mean, look at um, Russell Douglas. Russell Douglas is about to sign. He, I mean, I think he might have already signed a great contract with with um, with Green Bay right now. Sidney Jones is balling in in Seattle right now. What happened to you know? He's not taking accountability for those draft picks that are in between there. There, I mean, it's, come on, man. This entire draft class is not there. How does that happen? Uh, and, and we're no not talking about practice. five years ago. We're talking you about a few years ago. Uh, right. Dan, if you, four years, three years ago, you have an entire draft. You might have drafted 10 guys, and not one of those guys is on your roster. That's bad mojo, man. That's bad football, bro. Douglas signed a 20-year, $20 million deal with the Packers. See? <laughs> and he cut him, right? He cut him, yeah. But he was balling. They just decided back. He was balling, dog. I liked him when he was here. He just didn't have – they just didn't run a defense, you know, that, that could help him out. He was long. He was he, – he's not he's as like fast. He's like Diggs. He's just like Diggs. Just like Diggs. That's a perfect example for him. He, he's a heady player, smart player. They just didn't give him an opportunity to grow. Jam. Hey, okay. Here, here's one, too. Who do you think the fans are looking forward to more – Coming to uh, Link, Wentz or Doug? Oh, without a doubt, Wentz. Oh, they, they want his win. ass, right? Oh yeah, they'll, they'll they'll applaud Doug when he comes in. They'll roll they, out the red carpet for Doug. Wait a minute, the Eagles, Eagle fans yes. are gonna are, are gonna cheer when Doug walks through it during warm ups. Absolutely, absolutely, yes, they will. You know Doug, what Xander said. Know, Xander goes like this. Anybody who boos him, you can unsubscribe. (laughs) 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 He's like, hey, you know what? You don't have to come back. Here's how how I thought Philly would do him, though. Doug first. Doug, then Wentz. I thought that they would get this guy. Applaud him. Stand. See, this is what I would do. I I do this in the warm-ups. And when the game's on, hey, you're the enemy now. Bro, I played against my cousins. Cousins on different teams. Cut block them and everything else, bro. I mean, I'm, 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 I, we are cousins when we're on the field, bro. Hey, hey, hey family cousins, got nothing bro. to do with that shit when we're out there. Bro. No, not at all. I'm going to blow you up, man. Not at all. <laughs> exactly. I got to get you, you know. I got to get you. In fact, um... Uh, my, my 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 cousin Isaac Keys. Now Isaac Keys right now he's um you watch Power? Yeah. He's on the new Power with uh Oh killer. His name's Diamond. Okay. On the new Power with Tommy. Yeah. Well, that's my cousin Isaac, man. All right. Isaac played in Minnesota, and he played in uh he played in uh uh with the Cardinals, and we're playing against each other in his preseason. And I cut him. He said, come on, damn, cuz. I'm already going to get cut. Now you come and cut me. <laughs> you cut him? <laughs> you 
cut him in a preseason game. Hey, man. He said, damn, Gus. I'm about to get cut. Then you going to cut me too? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Hey, I'm I'm praying for this, dude. And I'll be there for this. Wentz opening night, Sunday night, Lincoln Financial. He rolls into that building with that Washington team, dude. Man. <laughs> well, hey, I screw. I don't want. I, I don't care about the Cowboy game. I want that game. That's a game. Well, I, I want to see that game. It's and, gonna you know, be. And if he beats Went, and if he beats Jalen, that's what's gonna happen. He is. Good. I know it. I. You know what? He said it this time. I'm. I'm. I. Yeah. You know why I said that? It's oh, I know. I, ben came back. Ben Simmons came back. He came back on the 10th, March 10th. And what happens? They end up winning. He didn't play, though, but they ended up winning. I hate to do it to him if he does it. I I hate if he does it, man. I hate it because I – it's not that I don't like him. You hate his disposition. Yes, I do. I want to – to me, he doesn't have the Eli face, but he has the Eli uh, disposition. Y'all don't like that, man. I want to – Because you you, you, – it's got to be trust and all that other shit. Right. He, he, he just doesn't. I, you, you know what though? It's funny. I, I, I want to hit on something. Jim Mercer said something again, Barrett. No, he didn't. Yeah, I'm no. gonna tell you what he said about him. Not indirect. It's kind of indirectly aimed at him. We'll hit on that. We'll also take a look at some of the things that are popping up in the draft here. And potentially the Eagles either moving down or up again to look at a particular player. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Dan Cilio. Hour two coming up. Keep it right here on The Middle. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back to the Middle Bear Brooks. Dan Cilio here on the Middle. Barrett Brooks will be broadcasting tonight. Espen? Yes. Tonight at 7 o'clock, the, the uh, Syracuse, what is it? The, um, orange men. Orange blue men. Uh, the orange yep. blue game. Orange blue game. The orange men. So, you know, I can't wait, man. You know, I mean, walking the halls that Jim Brown walked in, you know, and I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable up here, man. I'm How's sure. the facilities? Uh, they're just all right, man. They're not, you know, and this, this is exactly why you have to be able to compete in college football with better facilities. If you don't have the best facilities, players just won't come. And right now, these facilities are kind of average. Might huh. be a little below average. And I think that's hurting them in, um, in, in, in their recruiting. I mean, Kansas State went out and Redid everything. I mean, everything. So now it's one of those, uh, it, you know, it's one of the top in the Big 12 as far as, you know, the facilities, the indoor, the workouts. I mean, even in their workout still in their gym, they have a hill that they can run on. It's a 60, a 60 foot hill that you, they do sprints on. You know what I mean? That's the big time. Uh, a sprinting hill. Crazy, crazy facility there. How about this, man? When I was at Miami, it was the worst facilities I had ever been around. We had a 500-square-foot gym, weight room, rusted weights. We didn't have any – you know how we practiced for our AstroTurf games? We went over to the baseball diamond, and we practiced in the outfield. I don't know how we – yet, dude, our facilities – and they're still behind, like you said. Miami's just catching up now. Like, I mean, they're still behind, but we had an old stadium in the Orange Bowl, but you know what they made sure they did? Guy by the name of Alonzo Highsmith, and we had another guy by the name of Mel Bratton. What they did was they made sure they recruited all the kids in the South, South Florida area. Every one of those kids, they made it seem that, hey, this is a Civic Pride team. This is going to give you an opportunity. So they recruited inner city kids. And guys like Lou Holtz and all these other guys, like um, Joe Paterno, man, they're not going into the inner cities, man, to get some of these hardcore kids out of there. But you know what they've done now? Now Saban, Dabo Sweeney, all them dudes know what a hotbed is, South Florida is. They're they're going in to you the have hood. To. They're going into grabbing. Look at. Do you know the year that Alabama won the national championship? Every single guy that was a secondary guy was from South Florida. Wow. How's that happen if you're UM? When you got Alabama with all them dudes that were from Miami, Miami, not just the state of Florida, Miami, in your secondary. Carol City. You're wondering why your team is seven and five every year. Well, You've opened up the pipelines and you've allowed people to come into the back door. And then when you add the shitty facilities on top of that, 
Alabama's facilities, Barrett, I'm sure they're top notch. There's, there's probably second to none. There's probably no better facilities in the country. Right. And then you got the best coach on the planet with the best assistant coaches on the planet. That's the key, in my opinion. When you're when you're an O lineman or you're a like the kid, the guy that was with the guy that's with the Eagles now, right? He was an offensive line coach at Alabama. Dude, yep. I'm getting that kind of coaching. I'm going to Alabama. Right, exactly. He's putting me in the NFL. It's not always about the head coach. It's about the assistant coaches. You agree? Well, no question, man. Like I said, my um, my former when I was in college, my left guard is a, is now the offensive line coach in in uh, Alabama, and he's like, bro, it's 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 it's, it's so easy to go out and get top tier talent because kids know if they go here, they're going to get NFL coaching. They're going to get taught by guys that have sent guys to the NFL. You know, it's, it's, it's a difference between saying, all right, um, you know, I'm, 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 I want to go to the NFL. Could you help me? No, you go to Alabama. You could be the third team guy. Look at, look at the running back they have. This guy never touched the field until this year, till this year is now going to be a, you know, a, a second round draft pick. You know what I mean? I mean, this kid never touched the field. And now this year he touches the field. Now he's going to be a second rounder in the draft. That's fantastic, man. I love those stories. Hey, by the way, I love throwing old school topics off of you too because I love to hear your – what do you make of Joe Paterno and his legacy in college football? Uh, You know what? I – he was one of the best that ever did it, man. I didn't like that he turned a blind eye to all that stuff that was going on, but – you know, because he know Joe Pod know all that stuff, bro. He, he, he you say what you want to say. He knows every single facet about his program. All he was the most people. powerful sports person in the state of Pennsylvania. There's no question about during that. his time. Yes, no question. Even during the, he, he was he he was higher up on the total pole than the than the Eagles. Yeah, Penn State football was Penn Steelers. You know yeah, exactly. So they were the number one draw in Pennsylvania. The number one, no question. Hundred thousand fans in Happy Valley built that entire program up. I, you know, I Sandusky came to my house and recruited me. It's funny. I think about all that stuff, and I think about how they looked at us when we played them in the national title game. They called us the evil guys. Turns out they had the most evil person on the planet. Right, exactly. In their own program. And I look at Joe, and I'm not going to make any excuses for him, but here's a guy here that what happened is, you know, when you stay too long at one place, Barrett, you go from being a hero and a god to being a villain, and you'll always be villainized when you stay too long. Joe just stayed too long too, man. And then when you turn the blind eye like that, you know, to what was going on – and. You knew it. Yep. He's just as fallen as Sandusky was. And that's why it the bricks fell on him more than Sandusky. People look at Sandusky and go, well, you allowed that Yep. to go on. How can you allow something like that in your locker rooms? But, but I, I ask you this. I'm wondering what you think the players have all protected Joe Potts' legacy too because I don't hear Matt Millen or I don't hear any of those other guys ever say anything Nope. Negative about Joe. I happen to have had a lot of respect for Joe, but I did lose a massive amount of respect for him because that 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 foundation that was run by Sandusky, he allowed that to go on too. He got donors to help put money into that thing. 
and it wasn't trapping young kids. So, you know, you look at the Penn State program. It's funny, you ever hear ESPN never brings Joe Paterno's name up anytime that there's a broadcast with Penn State. I got to tell you, man, I think think that guy O'Brien did a hell of a job, Bill O'Brien, going in there and, you know, kind of putting the cement down for a new foundation to set that thing forward because the current coach right now is writing on really what Bill had saved that program coming out of that entire nightmare. He absolutely did. He absolutely, he went in and, and the later, that's, that's fun. That's great that you said that he laid a new foundation down. You know what I'm saying? He kept the same kind of game plan. Uh, paternal had, he kept the same, kept the same, you know, drawings and everything, you know, and he reestablished what was already there. So he relayed, he relayed a foundation. He cracked up that old foundation, relayed that foundation, you know, and, and since then, you know, it, Penn State has become Penn State again. You know, it's, it's not a it's not a place, you know, you don't think about uh, the Nifty Lions uh, with Joe Pye anymore. You don't you don't hear about that anymore. But you hear, you know, this is a new Penn State football team. You know, it's, it's all new now. Penn State has has survived it. Yep. They, you know, to me, it's like Kent State, you know, when they shot and killed those kids on campus, you know, it's a university that will always have that stigma with that mm-hmm. and Penn State will always have that stigma too but football is bigger than anybody in the state of Pennsylvania big 33 high school football game um, going all the way back to that and everything that goes on in that state you know high school football in Pennsylvania is huge you huge. ever hear the big 33 game yep big 33 my my, um, my college uh, roommate um, my second third year fraternity brother Andre Coleman played in it. He was from Hermitage, Pennsylvania. He played in the Big Thirty Three. All those, all games. them dudes go to the pros that play yep. in that game. <laughs> I mean, really, if you look at the roster, it's some of the biggest um, of all time. So I'm just curious because um, you know yeah. we're kind of hitting. But the the guy they got now, James Franklin. I'm sorry, man. I think he's overrated. He gave yep. him a ten million dollar per year deal. I'm sorry. I I don't see. He finessed it. it. He finessed it. He finessed all them coaches that were leaving, and he just had one. I mean, he had the uh, what was it, the Texas job? The Texas they said that they were you know kind of considering him because he's a great. I mean, he's LSU too. LSU, yep. So he's a great recruiter, and that's why people want to bring him in because he's a great recruiter. He can get these kids to come, and um, I don't know necessarily what he does on Saturdays. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I think he lets his, his um, position coach – and some play, some coaches are like that. Some coaches are – they let their position coaches coach. You know, like like BC, Cowher was like that. Cowher, he was great at maintaining the troops. But during the week, he was he was a guy that was on the field and he, he would just – you know, he would just make sure everything was being optimized as far That's as – That's how Jimmy coaches. Jimmy coaches like that. Yep. Jimmy, Jimmy's not going to be – a play call. He's not getting involved in play calling. No, nope, no. Nope. He's not getting called. He's not getting involved in player rotations. He's not getting. He he will during the week. Yep. But he's not doing that on Saturdays or Sundays. That's just not how he operated. He managed his assistant coaches. Yep. And the yep. assistant coaches managed the players, and Jimmy managed it all. Yep. That's how he ran his football team. All right. I got to throw this at you here, man. Jim Mercer can't stand Carson Wentz, dude. I want to hear what he said. 
He goes, Matt Ryan currently is exactly what this franchise needs after what we just went through. What? Yeah. He's exactly what this franchise needs, Matt Ryan, after what we've just gone through. (laughs) Was Carson Wentz that much of an ass? I mean, Xander said Ursay took a gigantic dump on Wentz's chest. Dude, I saw the these these out of the owners' meetings. Every time Jim Ursay's asked a question about Carson Wentz, it's actually with hatred. <laughs> I mean, I thought this was guy said, okay, got all the guys in Washington, it's over with now, you know. Yesterday's like, yeah, Matt Ryan is exactly what this franchise needs after what we've been through. (laughs) Is he, dude? I mean, all right, all right. You know, I'm not a Carson fan, but did he do that much damage? He he crushed, he crushed Ursa. Bro, he. (laughs) See, I think Jim Ursay is a whack job, Joey. I think he is a whack job. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, he didn't do all that, man. He didn't. And so the more he opens his mouth, the more I'm like, man, this guy, there's no way Chris Ballard and no way Chris Ballard and Frank Reich wanted to move off of Carson. Jim Mercer, man, he 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 freaking hates this guy, man. Get this guy's ass out of here. Right. Either Carson goes. Or both of you or go. Or both of you go. <laughs> well, hey Carson, we love you and all, but we're sending you to we're sending you to Washington. Can you imagine? Their jobs must have been on the line. I guarantee you that was not a democratic. You know how Frank goes, yeah, this was kind of like, you know, the three of us and a democrat. I don't believe that. And now it's time to say goodbye. Hey, hey <laughs> as soon as that Jaguar game was over, Jim or say. Must have popped open that bottle of pills and that bottle of whiskey that he had in his car and took those oxycodones and said, look what happened. What do you have, $35,000 in cash? Hey, what owner has $35,000? Can you imagine if me and you did this? Two o'clock in the morning. We have open oxycodone uh, uh, things in our seat, $35,000 in cash, and we have prescription pads. What do you think would have happened to me or you, man? If oh, that would have happened, the NFL owner—I think he got—I think he got a fine. I think he got what three months suspension over that shit. But right, right. You and me have been out of the game forever, man. Bro, we'd have been locked. I'd have been locked up. Open pill bottles with oxycodone on it, thirty grand in cash in his in his seat. And when they pulled him over, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm, I'm great, great. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you so twitchy, dude? <laughs> the cop probably was like, "Man, why are you? I'm gonna call you Jim Twitchy Ursay. <laughs> Get him out of here! Get him out of here! Get him out of here!" I, oh, okay, Jim, we're we're gonna work on this thing here, man. This guy, hey, watch this, Barrett. Here's the owner's box after the Jag game. Yep. <laughs> Get his ass out! Of, Get his ass! Out of, Get his ass out of here, bro. I can't believe he's still saying stuff, man. Dude, he's still barking after what we went through. <laughs> so I'm pretty turn around. Look, I bet he say, "Hey, you got one more time to say something." And you're talking to Frank. Hey, you got one more time to say something positive about him, and you might be out of here too. <laughs> Dude, they, he he. 
I hey, <laughs> Bob Carson too, man. Just keep your mouth shut. Don't say nothing. By the way, I think they play them too. I think oh, the really? Colts play Washington. Hey, hey, um, Xander, put up the uh, Eagle uh, schedule for me here. I want to get Barrett's thoughts on this here. See if we can go through this. See if, if we can put Wins the schedule losses. up here. I want. I want to get. Watch this. I want to get your opinion. I did. I played a little game yesterday. How many wins you think? And we're gonna have some. Just have some fun here. Okay, I know that you know lot, rosters not set, all that shit. I I got it. I got it. But I want to get your opinion on what you think this football team is gonna do this year with the schedule that they have. It's gonna. It, and by the way, it's one of the easier schedules. Okay. Lincoln Financial, dates to be determined. I said that I believe that they'll they'll lose that game um, at FedEx. I said, yep. So with those games, it's a split, think, right? Yeah, they'll okay. split that. How about Chicago? I think they'll beat Chicago. Me too. Um, Cowboys at AT and T. They'll lose that one. They'll lose that one. Yeah. Detroit, they'll win that. Yep. At Houston. They'll win that. They'll win that. Um, at the Colts. That's tough. Um, I say they lose that. What do you say? I'm going to say they win. I'm gonna, okay. At MetLife. They lost their last year to the Giants. They'll win that this year. They'll win that. Yep. Okay. Lincoln Financial, Cowboys. They'll win that at home. Okay. Giants at Lincoln Financial. They'll win that one. Okay. Packers at Lincoln. They'll lose that. Minnesota at Lincoln. They'll lose that one. I'm going to save the Jaguar game. I'm going to put that to the side here for you. <laughs> I, I'm going to put that to the side. Tennessee at Lincoln. They'll lose that one. Arizona in Glendale. They'll lose that one. Pittsburgh at Lincoln. They'll, they'll win that one. New Orleans at Lincoln. They've always got their numbers, so I'm going to say they win that one. Okay. Jacksonville game at Lincoln Financial. Does Doug go into Lincoln and win that game? Yes or no? No. But it's he's gonna come in and the crowd is gonna be wild. It's gonna be and they'll 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 they're gonna they're gonna when he first walks in, they're gonna they're gonna give him a, a, a round of applause. A round of applause. <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, so you think the Eagles are an eleven win team? Was that 11 wins? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, that's a little, a little over too zealous there. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Overzealous right there. I got eight and nine. I, I you know what? I'm... You got eleven and six. You got eleven and six. 
Now they're not going to be eleven and six, man. But I, I think they're going to win nine games again. They're going to be you, okay. So just okay. So we're probably in the same room. Right. Eight, nine, nine, eight. Same, same team, right? Somewhere in there. Yep. Okay. The Doug game, though, you're sure the Eagles win that game against Trevor Lawrence. Xander thinks they're going to put 50 on him. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, man, Doug's going to have that team ready to roll, dog. (laughs) Birdman 990 said, flipping owner off on his way out. (laughs) Oh, no. I said this yesterday. I go like this. Doug Peterson's going to go walk off the field after he put a 50 spot and a 50 piece on on, on Lori. And he's going to stop, turn, and go. (laughs) Or he's going to give you the Italian salute. (laughs) He's going to give you the Italian salute. Bro, that's that's... – now they're not going to win all those games, man. Eleven games, you know. And I was just, you know, going through what they. I got you. I got you. It's still, yeah. What they should do, but I mean, just being realistic, man. That's a that's a it's an eight or nine win team, um, and I really think that Hurts is going to be a lot better than he was this year. How? Uh, because it's another year under his belt, and I'm telling you right now, he's preparing like he's never prepared in his life. He's going to take that next step just because there's so many doubters in his ability. And he's always shown the ability to come out. He's like a phoenix, man. You know, last year, you know, he, everybody thinks he just burned out. But out of the ashes. But, Barrett, that doesn't phoenix. impress me. I'll tell you why. Did you prepare like Jalen did every year? Not every year. Once a later in my career that I started preparing like that. Damn you, man, because you made me say the same shit. God dang you, man. <laughs> Jackass. Damn. It's okay. Weird, man. So you're saying he's more professional than we were. Way, oh, way more. And, man, uh, and I'm going to give it to you here because that's that's half the game. That he has yep. he, he's had so much adversity, even coming in as a rookie starting at Alabama. I mean – just just imagine that coming in as a freshman and starting at Alabama and then turn around losing his position. And he was the SEC offensive player of the year. Yes. And losing his position to Tua and then comes back again and 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 and, and I, I'd have left, I'd have hit that portal. Oh yeah. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have <laughs> that door, hey, I would have kicked that door open, man. Right. I wouldn't have <laughs> You would have right. thought I you would have thought I was James Kirk on the uh, portal coming off the Enterprise NC seventeen oh seven beaming me somewhere, man. Just get right. me the hell out of Alabama. I mean, they benched him in a national championship game. Man. Shit, you get. I would have walked off the. Hey, I would have been such a bad sport. See? God knows, I would just would have. I would. I would have. I would have a beat him. I'd have started taking all my clothes off. Walked off. Hey. hey. Hey, you know what? I'm shitting all over AB going, look at him, how he's acting in that Jets game. What an awful – and I'm going, man, if somebody took me out like that, I'd probably – I'd be naked too going to the locker room, man. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I find, you know, I find myself doing this sometimes, Barrett, mm-hmm. acting like a media turd. 
Right, right, right. And I and I forget, man. How would I would have acted if somebody would have said, "Sit down." I would have said, "Shit, that I'm leaving." I was a bad guy like that, man. Seriously, national championship games. Guy took me out one time. I threw my helmet under the bench like this. Just threw it. And Butch what? Davis goes, oh, I threw it. And Butch goes, go get your effing helmet. Don't act like that shit. I'm trying to rest your ass. Jesus, criminy. And I'm going like, rest my ass. And Jerome, put, <laughs> relax. I mean, I was terrible. See? And so I'm sitting there going, A.B., what a low life. How can anybody <laughs> act? And I'm going, my, my. My family's like, really? Hey, look, as, as, as you went out, as you went outside after the game and jumped in your Corvette, yeah. <laughs> heading over to Strawberries with my boys. <laughs> Table six. Sorry, Aunt Betty. Table six is like a fine restaurant. It did have poles in it. I thought I was in a fireman's house. I didn't know. There was, <laughs> hey, I thought I was in a firehouse. See, <laughs> but you know it's it's, it's but dude, different. he's okay. He's preparing. Come on, man. Give me. You know what? So is every other quarterback. He is, but he he has shown the propensity, man, to be out there and really. He's never came back the same guy as he left. You're willing this guy, you know. <laughs> I have to. I have to. But, You're but, willing but, him. But honestly, honestly, has he come back and shown yes. you the same product? That he's had the year before. No, he 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 has weathered people's people's doubts, doubts on him. Yep. From Saban, I don't think Lincoln Riley had doubts on him. No. But I I and and, and quite frankly, I don't think Howie had doubts drafting him in a second round. I mean, that's quite a pick, Barrett, to be a second round pick. People don't realize. Second and third rounds are the most successful rounds in NFL history where you get the most production for the value of the player are in those two rounds. Yep. And um, for and he's lived up to the second round billing. And if I were to say this, if he were to go into the draft this year, he's younger than Joe Burrow. Yep. If yep. he were to go into the draft this year, he'd be at the bottom of the first round. You'd put you you'd put Jalen Hurts in. Wouldn't you put him in the bottom of the first round if you knew? No question that he that. could play yeah. like this. There's no question I would, and 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 you know people understand he's so young that that in itself is 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 telling. He's so young, and he's show he's shown the ability to come back and 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 play better every single time he left. He never came back the same guy, and that's when you know your career is starting to end. Is when you come back the same guy. He has never done that. He's come back better than he was the year before. So to think that this year will be any different to me, um, you know, regardless, I mean, okay, then even if you say, all right, he has the same weapons as he had last year, he's coming back better. So since he's coming back better, he knows the offense better. He has to play better than he did before. So the guys that he's throwing to, they're going to look better because he's better. And that's why I'm saying he can't, I, even with this, roster that he has, you know, because I, you know, I still remember, you know, what these guys said, the comments um, when we first got on that, you know, you got a guy that's, you know, that, that's a tight end that, you know, he's really going to come out of his shell. This, yes, he is going to come out of his shell this year. He didn't have Urch to deal with. When they go 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, Goddard will now be the guy. He's not going to be the guy that's going to have to fight to get reps from Zach Ertz. He is going to get those reps now. He will be the focal point 
of the tight end in this offense. So he will get better also, yes. But you still can't sign, go out and sign guys, you know, like, you know, that you that you think are going to come in and be franchise players. You just, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, you still have on this roster Jalen Rager, uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, uh, John Hightower, uh, Zach Pascal, uh, Come on, even Quez. I, 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 I never heard of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, hey, no, you know, I mean, to me, like, again, it sounds like the offense of Misfit Toys. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the island of Misfit Toys? Yeah, I'm Ooh. on the island of Misfit Toys here, man. That's what right. Just look at this. Look at this. Now, yeah, everybody on the stream, this is how you're going to look at it. See, I'm not hating on my players. I, I think my players will be okay, but I'm just saying, this is what I'm going to do. You take this, you take the weapons that we have, put them on Dallas's team. How would you guys be? How would you guys cheer? What would you guys say about them then? Would you say, oh, these guys, you know, they're no, you're gonna say, um, we got them. We're gonna beat Dallas. Look at their receivers, look at their, you know, look at their weapons. And Dak will not be anywhere near the kind of numbers. No. That I mean. <laughs> With, with, with and, and Rager coming off the bench too, because you know, get this, you know, upstairs the dude wants that guy playing because that's his boy, and he's gonna get reps in a game. Jr's getting reps. You, hey, you agree he's on his 2022 opening day roster, right? There's no question he has to be. The only guy I think is gonna have a hard time. The only two guys I think will have a hard time making this roster is a uh, high tower, and um. And and uh, Jay Jaw, those two, I don't think that they make the roster this year. I think um, Greg Ward will make the roster. Quez, Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith, and Zach Pascal. Those going to be the five receivers they go into the season with. Okay. <laughs> yeah. you hey, wait a minute. You see a four thousand passing quarterback with what? <laughs> hey man. <laughs> I hey, Barrett, man, I love you to death, man. You are, I'll tell you what, man, if I feel bad about myself, I'm calling you. <laughs> hey, when, I, when I'm in one of my depressed modes, man, and I need to get myself out of it, you're the guy I'm calling, dude, because you have optimism, and it's good optimism. Uh, you know, I mean, if I want to, you know, hey, let me feel good about the Eagles. Just talk to Barrett, man, <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll make you feel good about it, man. I mean, like, well, look at, see, look at Barrett throwing with. up on me. Look, 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 look. Dan, this is what I've been faced with the past five years. This is what I've had to deal with. So instead of me being negative Nancy and, 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 and like, I go, me and Seth, we go through this. Same thing, same thing me and you were doing. Same thing I go through me and Seth. You and see Seth the shit Seth away. said on my Twitter? No. He goes like this. I said, so I went over this whole thing with, 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 with Howie and how Howie's not. Seth goes, you're surprised? <laughs> I've been, I'm going like this. No, you, you did tell me, Seth. <laughs> and I'm going, you got to, hey, Seth goes like this, and you're surprised? This is why Doug didn't want to put up with the shit any longer with this guy, man. <laughs> I'm going like, okay, so Barrett's over here. And he has to deal with Seth. And Seth, dude, I was I'm sitting in my car, right? And we're, we're I look at it. Seth goes, and you're surprised. He goes, I haven't told you this. 
Okay. <laughs> right here. Yeah, look man. at this. Why are you surprised? <laughs> this is why both he and Doug were hired because Howie would be in charge. They would not question that until Doug had enough. Can't imagine having no control, but being rolled out in front of the media to answer questions. Bam. <laughs> That's what you're talking about, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so once, you know, once, once Doug went through puberty and, and his balls dropped, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was like, like you no, can't I, hit me like that. No. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a grown up. You're going to, you're going to treat me as such. And what did they do? They got him up out of there. So, I mean, it's, it's a bad situation. It's a bad situation for the Eagles and a bad situation for uh for Nick. Because Nick's he's eventually gonna get tired of it also. Yeah, well, but, no, but you know what? No, you know what? No, I don't think Nick will. I don't think Nick has that. He doesn't because Frank him. told him if you want the job, that's part of it. But see, this is also it too. Nick does not have that player to back him up. Nick was, wasn't a former player. Nick was always been a coach. He wasn't an NFL player. Doug had the NFL pedigree behind him, which allowed him to be who so he was. So you think that gives coaches more cachet if you're a former player? Oh, you're no ahead. question about that, yes. I agree, too. I think yes. it gives you more yes. credibility in the locker room that you've gone right. through training camps and that you've gone through being cut. You've gone through making teams. You've gone through traveling. I I, I agree. I'd rather be coached. By a guy who's been through that too. Who's understood it. That's yeah. why BC, BC always had that, you know, that extra, um, the extra uh respect in his back pocket because he was a former player, even though he wasn't he was terrible. He he couldn't he was a special teams guy. But you know, you know, he 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 still tries to live those days. He we'd be in practice and BC would be out there playing um playing uh linebacker. And I don't know if I, yeah, I told you the story about. We were running close <laughs> and 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 Alan Fagger came around the corner and jacked his ass up. <laughs> Coach, you were running too fast. <laughs> Lit him up, man. You know, Fanta, what you gonna say to Fanica? You know, Fanta. Oh shit, he's a Hall of Famer, absolutely. <laughs> Who Alan Fanica is, man. Him up. He exploded through him, man. That's freaking <laughs> funny. Guarantee you, too, man. He picked his ass up, man. Went get somebody else in there. <laughs> no, no, no. He didn't pick him up. Look, he he finished the play right, knocked him on his ass, and then he kept going to the second level to go get Troy. <laughs> That's hilarious. But 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 Barrett, this is the stuff that I'm. This is why I'm saying this about Jalen and the offense. How are you? Okay, look, you could do. You could do all the things that are expected of you. Work hard, study hard, watch film, do all of that. But if you have these roadblocks that are put in front of you systematically by the front office and these gates that you – and these hurdles, basically, that you have to jump over, it makes it harder to develop players. When you have a guy – watch this – Here's the simplest thing I could say. How do you develop a passing game when you're being forced to play people who shouldn't be on the roster? Yeah, it's right. not a Jalen thing. It's a, it's an organizational thing. Is my 
I've come to the conclusion like Seth has. They have organizational speed bumps and hurdles for all of these players to develop. You mentioned the kid Douglas. Okay, so you had a guy who looks like Diggs, who is a player now that just got a $20 million extension in Green Bay. You couldn't see, though, that he had talent and you didn't know how to utilize him and you didn't know how to develop him and you quit on him because why? Okay, and then you keep a guy like Whiteside and you keep a guy like Rager on the team and you're like, okay, the players in the locker room know the only reason they're on the team is because he drafted them. There's yep. The only reason that Barnett's back is because it's a cheaper deal and he drafted him. Yep. If he was a free agent, he'd have cut his ass. Yep. He wouldn't have kept him on that team. Those are yep. the small hurdles I'm talking about. When it comes, see, in New England, Barrett, there's clarity in that building because if you're a seventh rounder or a first rounder, he's going to cut your ass if you're not being productive in that room. If you're not smart on the game, you don't know situational play calling. You don't know any of that. They get rid of you, man. That's why Chad Johnson and Reggie Wayne and any of those guys who were in other systems went up there. They were like, I can't play in this because it's too structured. And when you can't play in that structured system, like you said, playing against the Patriots, these guys did shit we never saw every time we played them. It was something new. They knew where the – you've got to be a savant when you're in that. That means the front office isn't in the way. Can you imagine Bill Belichick putting a game situation together and all of a sudden Howie coming in going, you can't play this guy, you can't play that guy, you can't – Right. <laughs> That's the roadblocks and the hurdles I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, you're, you're here you are. You're the coach of the team. You're the face of the team. And the GM comes downstairs and, hey, um, I want you to take Jalen out at this point because I really want to see the backup quarterback. And the backup quarterback's like, whoa, 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 what, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you need to take him out. But, Coach, we can win this game. <clears throat> no, I'm, I want you to take it out. No, Coach, we can win this game. No, we, we got to put the, put the backup in. And they put the backup in. Nate Sudfeld, that talking that thing? Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. Come on, man. What was that? Dude, so here, here's how Howie looked at that. Had no – could give a shit. I think that guy's in San Fran now or somewhere. I don't yep. know where the hell he is. Yep, San Fran. He, 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 wanted, he wanted a draft position. Yep. It had nothing to do with looking at Nate. Nate, nobody. It had everything to do with him with four wins, didn't want to win another one. Gave him a better draft position, which meant that it was more about him than the yep. guys that were in the locker room. And you know, you know why I hate tanking at the end? What if you are at 69% of your playing time? You missed a couple games early in the year, and you've got a five hundred thousand dollar bonus, Barrett. Yep. And he pulls your ass in the and final you know week, and, and you're a health. Are you a? Are you angry that you're missing out on half a million dollars? I'm hot as fish grease. I might the fight. fans don't know that, though. Right. I'm fighting. I'm fighting somebody. And I'm letting everybody know, too, that, yeah, this is why I'm not playing. Um, I got a bonus I'm not getting. And, and, but it, it did show how stand-up they, they, they are because they, um, if you look at what they did with, uh, with um, the, the starting corner, you know, the other corner, you know, they gave him – he had a $300,000 $300, bonus um, if he – you know, if he played a certain amount of time. Yeah. And 
they gave him the bonus, man. Okay. They answered, they gave him the bonus. Well, that's good to that's good to hear because wait a minute. Here, hello. Let me go back. Let me go back to the eagle part of this. Did Howie draft him? No, Nelson. It was Nelson. Did Howie draft Nelson. him? No. Okay. That's no, a good it was move. a free agent. It was a free agent. He was okay. one year. But see, they still, he still, they still need to sign him back. He's not even on the roster right now. Okay. But see, again, when we're talking about, hey, let's take a timeout, man. We blew through this thing here. We're just rambling here. Um, because hey, all I'm saying is the speed bumps is my issue. It's not Jalen's work ethic, Barrett. It's not, it's not really even the younger players who may develop. The front office comes down and says, jump over this hurdle first before you get to plan yep. C. And you're like, why? Why do I have to? We'll, we'll hit more on that. Please hit the like button. Barrett Brooks, Dan Silio, back in three. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The middle pair works to Castillo. My wife found this. Look at this. <laughs> nice, nice. 
Lightning, send me all kinds of gear. That's what's up, man. Look at that, man. Dog, let me like tell you that. that's, man, that's what's up, man. Let me tell you something about the Lightning and the Flyers. When the Flyers come to town, that is the Tampa Bay Lightning's number one rival. Oh, get out. They, they, the Lightning fans, okay? Oh, <laughs> Bear, what sport? Okay, what sport is that? It's hockey, man. There you go. It's By hockey, the way, man. he made me ask you that there. Uh, well, but I, I see it. I see it. But, you know, he don't uh, – I um I, I I got a little swag from uh the Flyers and one time um the Flyers um they wanted me to come out and play goalie for them. I told them I can't skate, you know, just like as a you know a little deal. And um they said, all right, we're gonna try to you know get you some skates and come out one time, you know, just from a little spill for you know for NBC. And uh, it was kind of messed up, bro, because they couldn't find any uh, size fifteens. <laughs> No size 15 skates. That's my said, size foot. My I, size, I, said, I got a 15 foot. I said, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, right? Hey, man, I'd love to have a flyer sweater. Holy shit, man. I'll I see was what I can do. With Bobby. I was friends with Bobby. You know, I was friends with Ed Snyder. Oh, get out of here. Oh, no, man. I was friends with him. He'd come on my show when I was in Tampa. And every time the flyers, dude, I think they played one time at the Trop. And I think they had 68,000, 65,000 fans, and they were all Flyer fans. <laughs> all, I mean, Philly, you know, you, you, people think New Yorkers are there. It's all Philly, man. You know, because um, the Phillies also have their minor league um, yep. facility there in Clearwater. Yep. And so when Terry, funny, I just remember Terry Francona used to invite me over to, um, to the Phillies um, facility, and I'd go over there and, um, I threw a first pitch out over there at the Clearwater facility. And yeah, no, man, this was back when Francona was the manager of the team. And I had a blast over there with those folks. And when the, when the Flyers come to town, man, and they came to Tampa, man, that place was filled with well, you Philly know what, fans. You know what we're doing next year, man. We're Next year, we're, uh, we're going to do spring training down there, man. Jacob Medias has sent us down there. They're sending us down there, bro. For what? They're going to they're gonna send us to spring training. Oh, I'm telling bro. right now. Ain't that, ain't that right, Xander? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Spring, the, hey, the Phillies have a great, I think if I'm not mistaken, over in that neck of the wood, have you ever seen uh, the Yankee facility on Del Maybe right across the street from um, Raymond James? No. Holy shit. It's a miniature, it's a miniature Yankee stadium. What? And it's right across. Yeah, get what they did. So if you play in the minor league system there and they send you there, it's got the same shadows that you have when you get to the Bronx so that when you're catching flies out there on Dale Mabry, it's the same kind of sun you're going to see in the Bronx. And Steinbrenner set it up that way. Um, the Yankees are there. I believe um, uh, Bradenton, I think the Pirates are there. I think in Dunedin, I think the Blue Jays are there. Um, I know the Astros are in Kissimmee. I used to go all through all those places in there, and I used to go to all the minor league um, ball games and see all the people. That's how I got really plugged into Major League Baseball for a long time. That I was, I'd go through all those minor league baseball parks, go down to uh, Fort Myers where the Red Sox are, 
they got a junior Fenway down there. They built a junior Fenway park. Some of them facilities, man. And I, and I think the Cardinals now are at the old Dodger town. That used to be the, where the Dodgers were. They moved now to uh, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And um, the Dodgers used to be there, and the Cardinals are there now. The Mets are on the other side. They're Port St. Lucie. They're on the mm-hmm. east side well, see, near look, Jacksonville. Xander, you, you know, usually Xander has something to say. He ain't saying nothing this time. So, yeah, Xander, you heard that. <laughs> We're going to spring training next year. Dude, Philly's doing some moves. You ain't going anywhere until you get starting pitching and a back-end guy to save your ass because where we're the where the Braves have the Phillies, I don't give a shit about their lineup. I care more about the fact they don't have arms and they don't have a guy in the back end to shut the door on you. That's what the Braves have. See, the Braves invest in, in bullpen. They invest in starting pitching. They always have. That's a John Sherholtz blueprint that is still intact today. They always bear it. When we it we have the opposite. Yeah, see, we have the most do the position guy. Most teams do the positional players. The Braves don't believe that. They just that they're going to invest in arms. This goes back all. I mean, this goes back to when they made a trade. They made the trade with the Cubs to get Maddox. They developed Smoltz. They had uh, Glavin. He was another guy that they had in their system, and even Steve Avery. Early on in his career, those were guys that were all benchmark guys that they raised and that they had in their farm system. Bobby Cox and John Sherrolds, that thing has never deviated. And it's why that they're consistently um, competitive. They play great defense and pitch. Boring. They just traded <laughs> the MVP away to the I, Dodgers. That's crazy. Yep. That's crazy. They did that. So, I mean, look, I, th- I, I think having a guy like Bryce Harper in the building. I think it's great for tickets. It turns the turnstile. But are you going to win that? Are you really thinking that you're going to beat? People are probably going like this. Well, they lost the MVP, so the Phillies and the Mets will probably. The, the Mets used to be a place that developed arms. Okay? How do you have DeGrom on your team and you're not doing shit with it? <laughs> how, how, how do you have DeGrom on your ball team and you've got arguably the best arm you've had on that on that organization since Doc Gooden. And you can't do shit and build around a staff with him. I'm telling you, Barrett, having a guy like that is no longer look at look look at the break. Look look at the Dodgers, for instance. Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw makes $30 million a year. Why? So I see him every eight days. You look at the money you waste when you have a big time arm. And you're spending $30 million on one guy. I'm going to spend that $30 million, Barrett, on middle relief guys. Right. And if right, I'm going right. to spend $30 million, I'm spending it on a closer. A well, closer. We got Sir Anthony back, so hopefully he becomes our closer. Back to being, you know, what he was. So I'm how, the Phillies, how the Phillies received and. Have they been received the last couple of years? Has Harper done anything for it? Talk about an MVP player, man. You know Harper is that guy, man. It just we just can't we can't close the deal, man. Because you know we 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 don't play good defense in the back end, and you know just like you said, you know relief pitching, it, it, it kills us. It's been killing us. They get killed late in games. Yep. They jump out to it. Here, here's Philly baseball. They jump out to a nice lead. 
once your once your starters off the hill, there are, it's done. That it's done. That's that's how the Braves catch you. The Braves well, catch. Yeah. That's how the Rays catch teams. The yep. Rays catch. It's what they do is Barrett. The smart teams in baseball, they drive the pitch count up. They're patient at the plate. The good teams lead baseball in walks every year. They get your starter off the mound. They know you're thin in the bullpen, and they beat your ass in the back end. That's how they do it. You've been watching. You've been watching Philly, uh, Phillies baseball, then. I watch a lot of baseball. I love baseball. Actually, that's my number one sport. I know. I mean, I really love baseball a lot. And too bad that it's become boring. Yeah. Because it's too long, man. you know, it's just too long. It's too long, man. Nobody has the attention span to sit there for a four-hour ball game and watch a guy make seventy-eight different pitching changes. Nobody wants to see that shit. When you and me were kids, <laughs> I mean, Barrett, when you and me were kids, a starter would go seven and two-thirds, and no, that game no, is over in two and a half hours. A starter would play, give me nine innings. What are you talking about? Seven and two-thirds. Yeah. It was nine innings. Now you've got a guy, if he's lucky, gives you four, if he gives you five and a third. Yep. <laughs> right? Then it gets into these into these uh, pitching changes, and you're like this. Jesus, gravity, man. I've been here eight hours. I told you before I took my wife to a game um, in San Francisco, and it was Hershiser, and Hershiser was pitching. I, I, I think he was pitching um, – God, I, I can't – I think he was pitching against Clements. And the game was over two hours and five minutes. She's like, wow, seventh inning stretch. This is great, man. This game didn't take long. I go, yeah, they don't usually do that, though, honey. I mean, they're <laughs> five-hour NyQuil games, man. You could go to sleep in these bitches here, man. I mean, baseball is a very, very – you don't have to have the best player on your team um, to win a World Series. So, uh, he's a Padre fan. Hey, man, that's a good team to watch, man. I like Manny Machado. I like – Oh, Jose Batiste Jr. I think they got a whole bunch of – I think they really got a lot of nice guys. You watch baseball? Not really. I used to, man. I used to back in the day. I don't watch, I don't watch as much as I should. I mean, I stay up on the Phillies, and that's about it. Hey, hang I used on to be a, a huge St. Louis fan, man. I mean, huge St. Louis fan. Oh, hey, let me tell you something. Best organization of all time. Right. Was, they call it football heaven, man. I remember the days with McGuire and, you know. And- Can I tell you why the Cardinals never suck? Never in my lifetime. Gary Templeton told me this a long time ago. He goes, when you get drafted by the Cardinals, and he was a rookie of the year, when 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 you get in there and you're an A-ball, they give you a manual. And that manual never changes in double A, triple A, and when you get to the big team. So when you get to the big club and you're in the big club's dugout, you're at Bush Stadium, you know exactly what's expected of you. A lot of organizations in baseball, one manager's got his way of doing shit. Double A, another manager's got his way of doing shit. Triple A, another guy's got a way of doing shit. Before you get to the big club, you don't know what you're doing because you don't know what to expect when you get in the building. The Cardinals, he said, man, when you get there, you know exactly what's being asked to you because you were taught it at A-ball. That's they what never be, suck. Man. That's the way it should be. That's you know that's that's and that's exactly why a lot of Florida sports are good, man. Like Florida, I had, I had never heard of spring football till I got to college. Really, I played spring football in my high school up in Connecticut too. I played. We didn't have spring football. football. No spring football in St. Louis. 
you know, no spring ball, like, like, like Chicago. There was no spring football, man. So when I first got to college, I was like, spring football? What is that? So when I went out for my recruiting visits, man, I went to a couple of spring games. I'm like, wow, they play football in the um, in the uh, in the spring. I, I never knew about that. Well, that's that's exactly you know how a lot of these these uh, teams down south they get a leg up on their athletes because they play spring football. Texas and that's seven on seven. Florida. Yep, seven on seven. California also. Yep. So we never had that in the Midwest. Never. See, I dropped that baseball on you because you told you go talk football, you know, you talk football, talk football, football. <laughs> Why did you know, man? But just go around the room a little bit. I'm checking it out. I'm checking it out. I'm checking it out. So, so wait, wait, we close with this. Okay, Cells, we got group B. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. And watch this. I'm gonna pretend you hey, do me a favor. When you when you listen to IP or the fanatic during World Cup. Listen to all the fraudulent hosts go, hey, we're now in Group B. You know, this is going to be really good for Team USA. We may have – you're going to be like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. You couldn't name me four <laughs> players on the team, man. Then again, no. I can't name you four players in the Eagle Huddle. Anyway, so – and, and <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm watching you tonight, man. You're on ESPN calling the um, – the orange and blue game for for Q's tonight, right? Yep, Syracuse, 7 o'clock. Check your boy out, you know. Coach ba Baber. Coach Baber. Yeah. Better play, play, play ball. He played ball in uh, Hawaii. Defensive back in oh, Hawaii. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I wonder if he played with the Nogas. Is he our age? Yeah, yep. He's our age. He must have played with the Nogas then. I show up at an All-American dinner. Al Noga's got a skirt on, a grass skirt. I'm like, what in the <laughs> hell is that? <laughs> I'm like, what is that, man? Anyway, hey, this afternoon I got Dave Wanstat from Fox Sports, former NFL coach. He does, he does, he does Bears pre and, he does Bears pre and post also. Yeah, he does Bears pre and post. That's right. He also drafted Darrell Revis and Aaron Donald. Or no, yep. he he recruited yep. Aaron Donald and Darrell Revis at Pitt. I think he, he even was there when I was there. He was, I, he was in, um, he, I was at University of Pittsburgh. I mean, I was at, um, playing with the Steelers when he was at University of Pittsburgh. Yep, man. Curtis Martin up there, too, and all that. Yeah. Hey, man. Barrett, I'll catch you tomorrow, my man. Thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate it. Hit the like button. We'll catch you on the flip side. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. 
That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.